because after I left the church, what was there? Right. I mean, there was nothing. I was in ministry. I was uh, I was in Bible college. I was getting ordained, and then I was there was nothing left. I had no friends. I had my family was mad at me. I had no community. There was nothing left. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Dig News Streams podcast. I'm your host, Dave Capozzi. This week, I welcome my friend Savannah to the podcast. From being a pastor's kid and kids minister to a deconstructed practicing witch, Savannah is a content creator with over a quarter of a million followers under the moniker That Witch Up The Holler. If you want to keep up with the podcast, subscribe to whatever platform you're using to listen right now, and you can find a consistent conversation happening over on TikTok and Instagram if you search for my name, Dave Capozzi, and on YouTube and Facebook at Dig New Streams Podcast. Without further ado, my conversation with Savannah. hear the word Christian, what images or words come to your mind? Well, it's that first. Uh, <laughs> just sounds, just uh, uh, yeah, grieving just sounds. Moaning and groaning and uh, pained groans come yeah. to mind. Yeah. Um, willfully blind Oof. at this stage. At this in in the year 2024, at this point, willfully blind. Yeah, I, I heard you once say, uh, "In the year of their Lord." <laughs> That's good. Um, willfully blind. As someone who grew up, like you grew up in the church, correct? Yes, my parents were youth pastors. Yeah, a lot of us are kind of like, "Oh, we know these people; they're lovely people," and it's like where we come from. But mm -hmm. at this point that sort of charity is going away yeah that you see it as willful sort of ignorance willful blindness yes. Yeah. yes the majority of people that i know are intentionally clinging to denial yeah because it's safe and i i get it i get it i've gone through deconstruction and it's that dark night of the soul is nothing to play around with but uh you can't you can't live here in this time and it has to be denial it's yeah it has to be yeah i i tend to agree with you you mentioned your deconstruction or dark night of the soul i remember when i was going through it oh it's just a dark night of the soul yeah but i'm just having like real questions you know yeah. <laughs> what do you have like um, a memory of what kicked it off for you or like a series of events that brought it about so mine was my deconstruction journey was honestly very drawn out it mm. took me years mm. it took me years because like as i began to realize things you know i still had this relationship with jesus jesus I mean, jesus is my boyfriend that's how that's, that's uh um that i just so desperately needed to reconcile all the things and wanted to change the church from the inside you know yes. i became this progressive christian and nobody liked that no um <laughs> But like, I don't know, I was, I was studying so deeply and all these things are coming out and I'm like, well, we can, we can make this work, right? We right. can still, we can still have Jesus and still, you know, we can still do this. 
Um, so it took me years. It took me years yeah. until there was that final like breaking point and I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And there probably when you were going through it, there wasn't this online community of all these people. No, not at all. Not at all. Nope. So you felt really alone, I imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even being in church was just so isolating for so yeah. many years. Well, because you, like you said, you really are trying to make it work. It's not yeah. like you're, it's not like you, you're doing it to be rebellious or whatever. You're like, this gives me meaning and I want to still be able to hold on to it, but it's not yeah. working anymore. I mean, exactly. That's, it's a culture. It's a culture you're, if, if you're born into it, if you're born into um, even further a family that is in ministry, yes. that is a tight knit culture. You don't know anything else. Right. Um, so to lose that is to lose everything. It's your entire identity. It's not something that people just take lightly. No. And that's where it's, it's a painful thing for, I don't know how connected you are to other deconstruction folks, but they often will talk about how painful it is. Mm -hmm. And then they'll talk about how someone's telling them that they never believed in the first place, yes. all that. Oh, sort I've of heard stuff. that. I've heard that. Well, you just never, you were never real. You were never, I'm like, how can you say that to me? Yeah. I'm like, I, I was your kid's pastor. How can you say that to me? You know, I, I led ministry starting at 12 years old. Yes. How can you say that? Like I loved Jesus with every fiber of my being. Yes. It was, and that ultimately that love of Jesus is what led me away from the church. Amen to that. <laughs> so when you're deconstructing and trying to figure this all out and you have youth pastor parents, were you the only person that you knew of, knew of within your community that was wrestling with these questions? I mean, you hear about people that have questions and stuff, um, but there was no safe person to talk to. Yeah. Um, if you brought up that you had questions, you're just met with, you know, oh, well, you have to have faith. Yes. We're not meant to know everything. His ways are higher than ours. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I don't think these are his ways, though. I think we made up some of this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we can change some things because I don't see where that is in the book. <laughs> right. That's that's uh, that's good. <laughs> these don't seem to be his ways. I like that. Well, that's, I, I think that actually brings up a really interesting point that so many of us experienced was we took it so seriously. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Jesus led you out. You told us to take it this seriously. And yeah. now we're saying, well, those aren't God's ways, but you're trying to uphold them. I mean, you, you can only be hot or cold. You can't be like warm or whole spirit. So I mean, it's like, I'm all in or I am completely out. Exactly. Which I guess would bring me to here you are now, that witch up holler. Yeah. Up the holler. Like you know as well as I do, especially since you grew up like Pentecostal. I grew up yeah. Pentecostal. Oh, witchcraft, okay. witchcraft is the worst of the things. The worst, the absolute worst. I am. I have become my childhood nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's bad enough, I'm assuming, for your family that you left mm -hmm. the church, mm -hmm. but once you started to delve into witchcraft, I'm mm -hmm. assuming that was not a great scene for you. No, no. Um, my, my parents are on their own little bit of a deconstruction journey now. Good I don't, them. we don't really talk about it. Yeah, uh, they're, no. they're doing their own thing and that's Good cool. For them. Um, yes. but uh, when I, I was beginning to practice witchcraft, um, my, my mother thought that I was going to sacrifice my youngest child in the woods 
oh. with with a group of of people i'm like i don't even know a group of people and <laughs> that's not even how this works but yeah so it was intense at first oh. she's i think she's kind of come around a little bit uh she seems supportive and stuff of me on social media but um oh that's nice yeah it was it was bad it was really bad at first how many years ago are we talking um almost four okay that's not a bad turnaround actually so around four years ago is when you started to sort of look into or really investing in witchcraft um well there's so many backstories on backstories I well i love that and actually can i just name something really quick yeah you're the first witch i've had on the podcast okay oh really yes i follow quite a few on TikTok. And it's interesting because saying witchcraft brings up something weird in me. I don't know mm -hmm. if you heard the or watched like anything Carmen related. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, do I you remember like Carmen. The, the witch's invitation? Yes, yes, I do. Oh Dear yeah. Lord. Okay, so <laughs> terrifying. <you know laughs> terrifying. Um, I think I may have mentioned the witch's invitation on the podcast before, but if if anyone hasn't watched that video, go watch it. It'll still terrify you. Oh yeah. But it but because of that. I don't use the word witchcraft. We got Salem not far from here, which is very cool. But like saying it this way, it's like, oh, it's triggering something it inside is. of me. I know. <laughs> I, I am incredibly cautious. I don't, um, my kids know we don't talk about it outside of the house. Wow. Um, like we, we don't talk about it at the grandparents' house. That's, that's something that stays at home. Yeah. Um, I do my best to not include them in it. I, my middle yeah. child is very interested. Um, but I try to like keep it away because I, because of that reaction you're having yeah. this many years later, that reaction is it's much wild. more visceral for people who are still in it. Oh, I'm sure. It, it feels very unsafe. Oh, that's wild. Okay. So when you began to, well, it's almost like, a, um, it's a, that's like the thing you would never say. It's one of the, the like real yes. no-nos of yep. the Pentecostal movement, at least. So, but when you started to invest, give me, give me some of those backstories. Well, okay. Well, hear what's going on there. All right. So Pentecostal kid, I happen to also have been born with what we would have called the gift of discernment. Oh, congratulations. Uh, so, um, psychic, um, clairvoyant. Um, yes. I, I see things, um, and that got me thrown into deliverance ministry as a teenager. Oh my God. Um, can you just quickly explain to our non-Pentecostal friends yes, what that means? Yes, I always forget that some people are not as extreme. <laughs> Deliverance ministry, those are the people, that's the group of people you're going to call up from the church to come pray the demons out yep. of a person, of a dwelling, of an item. Um, it's very, very dark, very, can be very dangerous work yeah. that children should not be involved with, but no. I was. I was. So I always had this interest in witchcraft from a very fearful, um, I wanted to study the occult to understand it better so I could be better at this <laughs> demonology. Yes. Um, so the interest has always been there, yeah. but not, but in a, like a keep it way far away kind of way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I was accused of being a witch when I was a teenager what? by a woman who thought I was trying to steal her husband. <gasps> when I was 14. Oh my God. Um, I had never even held a boy's hand at that point. But you were trying to steal someone's husband, I was husband, definitely, obviously. I was causing him to stumble. She gotcha. felt the need to tell me that. Of course um, you were. And then I was also accused 
of being a witch by what was then my future in-laws. Um, what? Yeah. It, I have to give her grace. It was, it was my uh, now husband's grandmother. Okay. She did, she had brain cancer. Um, so she was not, you know, she was not all there, but, and some people, some of her friends influenced her to believe that I was, I was practicing witchcraft. Um, wow. And I just, once I had officially broken and publicly broken my ties with the church, yeah, I was like, well, you know, they've accused me of this all along. Let's look into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's, let's see what it's about. Yeah, I'm, let's see I'm if there's any validity now. to it. Maybe and, they were prophetic. And man, man, it, I mean, honestly, I think, I think witchcraft is the only thing that saved me, that kept me going during, after I left the church. Because after I left the church, what was there? Right. I mean, there was nothing. I was in ministry. I was, uh, I was in Bible college. I was getting ordained. And then I was, there was nothing left. I had no friends. I had, my family was mad at me. I had no community. There was nothing left. And um, witchcraft saved my life, kept me going. That's kind of beautiful. That's not something they would ever teach us. <laughs> no, definitely not. What was it about it that that was so sort of like nurturing and, and saving for you? Um, well, I really started with ancestral veneration. Hmm. Um, which of course in Pentecostalism we are taught that well that's what other that's what those other religions do and that's there that's the devil. Can know? we also name that ancestral veneration is something that from groups of people that our imperial Christian ancestors would call savages, yes, which were often black and indigenous folks, and yep. ancestral veneration is actually something that quite a lot of cultures do yep. that that imperial Christianity has deemed um, savage yep. or, or, you know, backwards. Evil. Evil. Even. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, so I started to learn about Appalachian folk magic and I had, I'd never heard of it. Um, and I was heard, hearing of these granny witches. I'm like, I've never heard of a granny witch. And so I start reading about what they do and I'm like, wait, what? You're telling me literally everyone has been practicing witchcraft this entire time? And wow. um, so then I was like, well, let's just be really intentional about learning this in the proper context and understanding where these practices came from, because Appalachia is this just amalgamation of not of the poorest of the Europeans. Yeah. Yep. And um, African Americans and indigenous people. And it's all, there's influence from all of that within this. And wow. I tried to be very, very, I still try. And I, I'm sure I screw up um, to be very intentional about understanding where that originated. Yeah. And who am I, like, who am I borrowing from? Who am I needing to, like, respect and understand yeah. what I'm doing? So, Beautiful. I mean, if it's a lot, it was a lot that but it gave you a sense of home like yeah. you felt connected to it in a yeah. really meaningful way yes. when what you needed the most was just people to come around you and say it's okay it's actually yeah. okay that you don't think that this thing is right mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and not saying that you know if people did that 
that you would have stayed or anything like that, um, you know, within the tradition you were part of. But what you needed was this sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, you found it in witchcraft. I did. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, my God. You know, when I first um, came upon your content, I'm just noticing you do a lot of you talk about remedies Mm -hmm. and you talk about planning and um, uh, what's going on in our atmosphere. So for the person that grows up the way that we did, all of that is wrong. So like you talk, like if it's a horoscope or something like that, we're just taught to not fear it, maybe fear it, but just to name it or call it evil. So now when you're looking into all of these things, do you find that it makes more sense of the world for you? And it gives you sort of direction that you did not have before? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I kind of, I understand why we were kept so fearful because there's, so much accuracy huh. and there is so much validity and there's so much understanding yeah. of the world and of the universe and of how things are supposed to work that does not really mesh well with the indoctrination and keeping us in line. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. There was something that I saw you talking about that really sparked a thought for me around um, poverty and medicine. So mm-hmm. like there's, you do a lot of, you talk about a lot of like remedies that are mm-hmm. Appalachian. And so one of the things that I have understood about the area that I'm still woefully ignorant about is that they lack access to a whole bunch of things, including healthcare. Yes. Um, so there's this, impo- this impoverished area. And so you've got to come up with all kinds of things to help with earaches, with fever, you name the thing. So yes. you've got all kinds of remedies that you share with people. Do you mind sharing one of them with us? Oh man. Um, Maybe do the ear, the ear one. Cause I saw that video <laughs> recently. The ear thing. The ear one's good. <laughs> which I have been told the, the great thing about sharing these is that I get to hear from people all over the world that are like, we do that too. Amazing. It's awesome. Um, so this is apparently from all over. It's not just strictly Appalachian. I will not claim it. Um, <laughs> If you have an earache and you can't get anything for it, they say you just drop a few little drops of urine into your ear and it's supposed to, I haven't tried it. I'm not going to try it. You haven't tried it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what they say. It's what the old timers say. I can understand why Christianity would need to come in and knock that nonsense out of us. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really evil. Um, There's probably a lot of truth to it, honestly. Like, if we really were to think about it, the earth, our bodies provide a lot more healing than we realize. This oh, is something I imagine that you're discovering quite a lot of. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that just kind of ties back into one, capitalism, and two, yeah. like um, American um, exceptionalism and how we just pour into, like, it's the American dream. You need to be the way I was raised, the denomination I was raised in. Um, was not full on prosperity gospel. Okay. But you knew that those middle class people were much more blessed and highly favored than you and you needed to aspire to be them. And if you were impoverished, that's your own fault, obviously. Yes. Yep. 100%. You're not tithing enough, you don't have yep. enough faith. Built into the system then, like even saying that is already this assumption that you're not doing it right. Yep. So when you walk away, you weren't do- doing it right at all. The whole no. way through. No, you're not highly favored enough because obviously, 
um, your discernment obviously led you in the wrong direction, which is interesting that if anyone, I'm curious where your parents' deconstruction journey will lead them. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting if anyone among the community be like, you know what? She has the gift of discernment. Maybe we should listen to her. That never happened though, did it? It hasn't yet. <laughs> At home, there wasn't much in terms of support. Online, have you found that there are people have who have experienced or along the way before you, you know, be, um, became a witch, like, which I'm curious how that actually transition went and what it meant to become a witch. Um, but did you find people who like validated what your experience was and that you found solidarity with it all? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've, there's been a lot of people um, that are very encouraging to me regularly yeah. and like have been there. Maybe not. The biggest problem I've ran into is I, I have yet to find another witch who was as involved and as deeply entrenched as I was. Yeah, for um, sure. And that's a different, it's a different life. Yes. There's, there's a big difference between being a church kid and being a pastor's kid. Oh, yeah. Ha- there's a massive difference. And a lot of people don't understand that even on the other side, just how different um, our lives were and our lives are and how differently I see things than a church, just a church kid would. That's um, so true. So there are people, I still don't feel fully understood by anyone. Um, there's a big community of people who call themselves Christian witches. Oh. And I'm like, well, <laughs> more power to them. I think that's awesome. I, yeah. It's not for me. Um, <laughs> uh, but they're great. They're great human beings. They're very kind. They you know, still embody that love. Um, yeah. that Christ-like love, but they, they practice witchcraft and I think it's cool. I'm, Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's not where you're at. <laughs> not where I'm at. It's not. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool. So I'm curious. It makes sense to me when you say that you don't feel like you've been fully seen, you know, because that combination of pastor's kid, hyper Pentecostal mm-hmm. coming from where you come from, that's a unique set of things. Yep. to then become a witch. Yep. It makes sense to me that you wouldn't have that real, oh, I see you. We've been we've been down that same yep. road. I get that. And so, if you're out there, message me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. You know, for some reason, I know a lot of bigger influencers have this problem. You seem to have it more than others, where they'll be copycat accounts. Oh my God. Everyone wants to be. Yes, <laughs> it's exhausting. They want to make money off of my content is what right. it is. Right, I know. Yeah. Uh, If they could take a step into your life and see what it means to have gone through that, it's a different story. So what does it mean to become a witch? Like, do you have to do any things? Do you have to join uh, a particular community? Are there people that make, like, what does that look like? Most witches, um, especially today, well, really always have been solitary. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a sol it's a solitary lifestyle it's mm. you, you live on the edge of society and you work with the edge of the earth with the plants and the it's lonely but it's meant to be and it's better that way yeah um i did i had a self initiation um and i also had <laughs> i <laughs> i full on reverse baptized myself I, I took myself, um, 
once I got back to Kentucky, I took myself to the river at night. Stop and, it. And I was like, I renounced my faith. Um, and I was like, I, that's, that's a different life. And when I'm going to go into this water, I'm going to come out free oh. of, of those chains. I just got chills listening to that. Not, that's reason. not a requirement. You don't have to do that. That's what resonated with me. I love um, that. I love that. That's actually, yeah, that's pretty beautiful, actually. You know, what's funny, something about baptism. The One of the reasons that I still find myself drawn in any way to, like, the Jesus movement has some foundation in, like, the Anabaptists, which mm -hmm. Anabaptists are, like, modern. Now they're kind of like Amish people. But yeah. they were radical. So what their radical thing to do was to be rebaptized. And in that in doing that, they renounced their citizenship to the empire. So yeah. whenever you're like renouncing those kinds of things, I'm always gonna get chills for that. So you like took yourself, like your no. husband didn't come, nobody No, just... I did this by myself. Wow. I, I jumped on the four wheeler and I went down to the river by myself at night. I actually don't even know if he knows this because I this was in private. Like this was just a me thing. Like I was like, I had to do this. Um, yeah, it was, it was a full moon. <laughs> full moons are for cleansing and releasing. And I was like, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Actually, I want to go down that road a little bit. First of all, thank you for sharing that. That's a very cool story. Um, the, you have this calendar that you sell, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw one where you're talking about, I'm not going to make a dentist appointment, which was already hard enough for you because I think it was in that there was something about your head. Can you yeah. explain? Um, what, so, like what that might mean, what signs you're looking out for to make certain appointments or, or to stay away from certain things. Yeah. So in astrology, each sign, um, correlates with a body part or a few body parts. So it starts at the top and works its way down. Aries is the head and it goes down from there until you get to the feet, which is Pisces. Um, and Aries and Leo are known as death signs. That's the head and the heart. And you don't want to do any medical work in the head or the heart. Or it's it's all it gets complicated. You really <laughs> want to be super superstitious about it. Or their opposite, um, the opposite sign. Gotcha. So okay. yeah. So you might want to schedule your dental work when the signs are in lower, Pisces. Are yeah, lower. like in yeah. the feet. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. These are things that are so foreign <laughs> to the experience of, you know, none of that stuff. It's all faith anyway. Yeah. The interesting thing, that's kind of what separates Appalachian uh, Christians and the rest. So I grew up in South Carolina um, because my dad was in the military. So mm. I grew up separated from that. I had to relearn all of that. Wow. Um, the only, I got tastes of it over the summers. I spent my summers with my grandparents, but in Appalachia, like those beliefs can fully coincide with Christianity. Interesting. Com completely. Like it's very hard. You, it's hard to separate the two. Wow. Um, so in Appalachian folk magic, a lot of the roots, very similar with like hoodoo or Southern conjure, it's rooted in, in Bible. And you might speak a specific verse to stop bleeding or wow. you know, something similar. So it's very deeply intertwined. The nature and the celestial bodies and Christianity go hand in hand. But where I grew up, absolutely not. That's evil. Where you grew up in South Carolina, mm -hmm. 
Was it where you on a military base? Right outside of it. Okay. So your father was, was he a youth pastor or your parents were youth pastors together? Yeah. Um, and he was also active duty. Okay. Okay. At the same time. Got you. Yeah. Were there a lot of military people in your church? Um, we switched churches a couple times. So at one point, yes. And at another point, no. Okay. So within, I'm guessing within that, was there a whole lot of, was there a lot of patriotism as well? <laughs> Let me tell you, it, I was 19 years old before I finally realized, hey, wait a second. This is, this is not, this nationalism thing is a thing and this is not biblical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah deep. The Christian nationalism is deep okay. around bases. Yeah. So I'm, you're so interesting to me because you've done so much of this alone. How much of your husband's journey has coincided? Did you, were you on it together? So I was already a progressive Christian whenever uh, we met and he used to brag to everybody. She is the most real Christian I've ever met in my life. Wow. I love her because like, there's nothing fake. She's so genuine. And, yeah. um, but he was still, he was raised incredibly differently than me. Um, his parents were senior pastors. They were also missionaries to Austria. Wow. So wow. he spent a good chunk of his childhood in Austria. Um, they were, he also comes from a, a wealthier background than I did. I come from, you know, lower, low class. And he <laughs> comes from like solidly middle, his grandparents, probably upper middle class. Yeah. So vastly different experiences yeah um so it took him a while it took him a while and i remember there were so many times where i was like i can't do this yeah i can't do this like i cannot <laughs> do this um 2016 mostly where i was like i can't i can't i don't think we're gonna make this like i don't think we're gonna do it your relationship yeah yeah um because i felt like i followed jesus and i felt like his circle followed America <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like this isn't the same thing here guys like this isn't uh this isn't it um it goes that goes back to your initial this is what I think of when I hear of Christians that willful blindness mm -hmm. is seemed the most evident then and it's now continuing on right yeah yep. which is why I think we've heard a lot of evangelicals of which Pentecostals are not really but they are their own brand of, um, yeah, I was, a, I, I'm an AG kid. So I'm oh. on that, that border there. Right with you. Oh, right okay. with you. Yeah. So like they, they're unwilling to reckon with mm -hmm. Jesus and Trump. They know that they're antagonistic to each other at this point, which mm -hmm. is why they've called people like you and I woke because yeah. Jesus was woke and that's a problem. So we, we're not, we don't like him so much, but we'll take his, is afterlife insurance. Yeah, yeah. You know, so within witchcraft, is there a belief in an afterlife at all? It depends. Uh, witchcraft is so broad and there are so many different types. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can, you can be an atheist and practice witchcraft from more of like an alchemy and science um, standpoint. There are so many different belief systems like you can be a witch and a million other things. So there's no like, there's no one answer. And yeah. I think that's awesome. I love that. Because there, I, I believe that there are so many different 
paths to we're all gonna die um we're all gonna <laughs> die death. anyways yeah we're all gonna die anyways yeah but there's so many different like paths to to enlightenment to yes. awakening that i don't think anyone has all of the information nobody has it all right um but you can there are bits and pieces from all over and finding those underlying currents in every single belief i think that's probably where the truth is so yes yeah. amen I mean, I totally agree with that. It's like, there's beauty in so, so much. I remember another thing that I was taught to fear was Muslims. Mm -hmm. And oh, when yeah. I when I became a pastor, I started to I was the president of the board of an interfaith organization, which interfaith is a bad word as well, right. But I oh, remember, yeah. I'll never forget, even though all of this deconstruction had been happening for years, I was walking up to a mosque to speak in front of them to organize something. And I, the fear that overcame me mm -hmm. was like so surprising because in my head, I'm always defending Muslims. I'm talking to an yeah. imam every week, but yeah. walking up to a mosque was so disruptive. And I think it's this like <clears throat> all these things that then you are able to discover, oh my God, they have so many similar beliefs yeah. to Christians and Jews. And it's just like, I don't know, the, the fear within our system that we're in some way and uh, uh, like being threatened by the, all this other stuff when we're the ones in power. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. just I, wild. I lived on an air force base during nine 11. Whoa. Um, so I get it. Yeah. That's the fear was the propaganda, the propaganda that my little brain um, yes. was yes. just inundated with. Um, but you believed it, right? Like we oh, all just course. took it up. Yeah, of course I was again, 19 was like a big year for me 19 was when everything just started to like whoa wait a second yeah and that's this is the first time i left the country where'd so, you go i <laughs> was doing colonizer shit um i've been there too went to haiti did it yeah i um i lived with some missionaries in the democratic republic of congo for three wow yeah so you've got a connection to congo and you yeah. see all this happening right now that must yeah. be yeah yeah okay it's it's devastating um the area that I lived in, um, I lived in Lubumbashi, or right outside a suburb outside of Lubumbashi, which is the second largest city in okay. in Congo. Um, but it's much more southern, and it's largely unaffected from like the outright violence and genocide from the other countries. Yeah. Um, but I do. I try to keep in touch with with folks that are still there. Yeah. Um, and their biggest concern right now is like um or at least a couple of weeks ago, it was like surrounding the election. Every time mm. there's an election, it's just like overturned. They, they can't get all the votes in. It's intentionally terrible. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch I'm because sure. I, I mean, I've been there and I, I was so, so in love with the land and the people and the culture and the food. And I just put my everything into it. Um, yes. It is very hard. It's very, it's hard to watch. Which is why you change. It fundamentally changed you in some ways, right? You yep. got like really invested yourself in it. Yep. Um. That was that was where I learned that I was actually a feminist, and that's not a bad word. <laughs> it is a bad word. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes, my gosh, is. I've been seeing some. The, the it's amazing when people use words that they think hurt you, and you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. no, I am a feminist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um being in congo 
I was able to see, I, being a white kid, you get, get chauffeured around to all of the places. Yeah. Um, and we had these, like, these cultural exchanges where we just all would sit together and the people our age would ask us questions and we'd ask them questions and we just kind of go back and forth and, like, see how we were similar and different. And my Lord, a lot of the times they thought we were going to hell. Um, um, but there, the missionaries that were there first were so hardcore and so fundamentalist and did such a thorough job of breaking the African woman, um, Hmm. that in, in a majority of places that are considered Christian places, you're you truly aren't worth as much wow um you're not seen as fully human girls don't get to go to school girls have to girls have to find water during the day um girls have to take care of babies yes um and so i became radicalized while i was there yeah and i was still not quite there because i wanted to go back but i wanted to go back and specifically work with women and girls and empower them and figure out some way to break down the systems that these old white men had put in place there. I'm like, we're going to no, we're not doing this. Um, <laughs> it took me a couple more years to realize, okay, no, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. I got, That's a lot of dismantling to have to do. It in is. Your mind, isn't it? It, yeah. is yeah. it is. It is. Oh. So I got radicalized in the Congo. I, I began to get radicalized in the Congo. Yeah. So you, you, it, you saw something there. That's interesting. You saw something there that we have here, yes. but because you were outside of your context, yes. you saw it and you're like, Oh wait. And here. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because when Love you it. better believe once I showed back up to the States, I'm like, we're not playing anymore. Yeah. Um, I was, I was in ministry. I was, I was the director of, of our church nursery that I started um, like when I was like 16. I was Love put it. in this like serious lead role. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? No, you're going to start giving me the same amount of respect that you were giving all these other men around here. And we are not doing this anymore. And <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I took it back and I tried. I was like, well, I can't, I can't go there and dismantle things until, uh, we start fixing some things right here at home because yeah. a lot of this stuff we're doing here, this isn't right. Um, so it was a slow process from 19 till I don't know what I was like 25 um, yeah. when I finally left. But man, That's a, I tried, I fought, yeah. I fought hard. You fought to stay. To stay. Yeah. To stay. No, I think we all did. Right. Yeah. A lot of us did. Those of us that grew up the way that like, I also, my father was a youth pastor. My father was a preacher. Um, we, it wasn't like, it was everything. It wasn't even a question. It was like, oh, I might leave this. No, never. I've never considered that. Never. No, right? I remember hearing of some of my favorite, like, artists. I forget. I, man, one is coming to my name, my mind that literally no one else will know. Mylon Lefebvre, I think was his name. Um, someone from the 80s, some Christian artist, when they, like, backslid. It was mm-hmm. devastating to me, mm-hmm. I remember. I'm like, how could anyone ever? Yep. You know, so just like the thought of questioning these things is mm-hmm. so disruptive. And yes. so for six years, you're trying, you're holding on, 
you're tr I'm assuming you were having conversations trying to invite people into that process in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, and you just get shut down. You, know, like you get shut down. Absolutely but, not. You're not doing that. No. But thankfully, you're a self-motivated person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very. <laughs> <It's>, <much so. laughs> it seems like you have this compass inside of you that's like, no, 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 that's still not right. I don't yep. care what you say. Yep. And that that sort of self thing that we were taught actually was evil as well mm -hmm. um is what saved you from christianity that was the jezebel spirit within me <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to listen i hope this conversation inspired some new thoughts or questions within you until next time peace my friends <laughs>